Good morning, Church on the Rock. My name's Rashad Cunningham. I am the teaching pastor here, one of the pastors here, and we do that to make sure you're energized. It's been a long week and weekend for many of us. I mean, you know, Jason was gone with the youth. I can only imagine what that was. I've been doing a whole lot of ministry this week, and so we do that to kind of make sure we're all awake and all here together. So it's not a gimmick. It literally, I want to make sure you are energized and we're going to feed off of each other here. So when I say good morning, Church on the Rock, you say good morning, Rashad. Good morning, Church on the Rock! Good morning, <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to continue in our series, Keep That Same Energy. Keep That Same Energy. Uh, this is a phrase. It is a hip-hop culture phrase, to be honest with you. And I'll explain it again for those who may be here for the first time uh, hearing that phrase. If you've ever been on like a Facebook or Twitter and somebody you've seen in like one of the Brownsburg chatters or the Pittsburgh, all things Pittsburgh or any of those things, somebody may get on there and talk a little crazy about somebody else, right? Like, oh, I hate your business or, oh, I hate this or I don't like you or your spouse or your daughter or whatever. And they'll talk all these mean things to each other on Facebook and then they'll see each other in Kroger and just avoid each other from aisle to aisle and make sure that, you know, they don't run into each other. And, and this phrase here is, is, is a phrase where you say, no, 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 you had something to say about my mama. <laughs> keep that same energy now, right? Like, keep that same energy. You, you were running your mouth on Facebook. Now we want you to keep that same energy. So that's, that's where the, the phrase comes from of, like, everything that you were so hyped to talk about or talk bad about, keep that same energy. Say it to my face. But I wanted to use it in the Christian context to say, hey, we, you know, sing Yahweh, Yahweh, and Lord, Lord, and all these things on Sunday morning. Why don't you keep that same energy past Sunday morning? You do it Sunday morning when you're in the presence of each other, but why don't you do this when you're in the presence of your workplace? Why don't you do this when you're in your car? Why don't you do this just as you're going day to day? Keep the same energy that you have here, there. Or on the flip side for some of us, you can be up all night DJing a country wedding, but then you want to get here and be all, oh, I'm tired, and what am I? No, keep the same energy you had last night for that country wedding while you up here preaching. So it goes both ways, you see? So um, we, we started in Acts 2, verse 41 and 42, uh, and we talked about how first you need to receive the energy, which is the gospel, which is, uh, we actually looked at Romans 1.16 and said, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it. The gospel is the energy or the power of God for salvation. So first you need to receive and believe that. After you receive and believe that, you respond to the energy with obedience, being baptized because it was a command, because it was demanded by Christ. And then you remain in the energy, which was the apostles teaching uh, when you're coming and you're learn learning and growing in your word. And then you relate that energy in fellowship. I want to go a little bit deeper on fellowship today. So we're actually going to we're going to jump down to verse 46. So we're going to be in Acts 2, verse 46, and we're going to break like 17 words of this verse. Like it was funny. I counted. it. I was like, we're not even going to get to the end of this. So that means it's going to be some real good teaching from the Lord today. So I'm going to read the verse and then we're going to start breaking this down piece by piece. This is going to be a little bit heavier of a teaching sermon. Uh, so not as many illustrations per se, but a very good teaching sermon, pulling apart some things. So it reads, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they, the ones who had received the word from the Lord, the ones who had been pierced in the heart and responded and being baptized, the Christians, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of Heart. I'm going to read that one more time. Day by day, continuing with one mind um, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Okay, so starting off, how many of you had a New Year's resolution this year? Really? Nobody? That's it? Thank you, Brent. All right. Um, um, and most of us, though, if we had one that we started in January, we're probably not there right now. Or we, we started over a couple, two, three, four, five times, right? Maybe once a month. <laughs> so um, what happens, though? Why, why? What happens that we fall off? Whenever we say we're going to do something, 
uh, whether it's lose weight, whether it's read more, whether it's whatever. It is. What happens that we, we fall off? We, we lose focus, right? We lose focus. So the opening of this right here, we're going to say we want to keep that same focus. That's going to be my first point. Keep that same focus. Brent, give me that real quick. Yep, keep that same focus focus. That's the first point. All right, the scripture says in Acts 2.46, it says day by day continually, all right? So a repeated devotion. That word continually, go back to my, uh, my scripture, Brent. That word continually or continuing right there uh, is the attachment part that we talked about last week, right? So what's going to happen is they had a repeated daily devotion. They was always attached to the things that we're about to read, and this is so important for our growth and fellowship, our growth in intimacy, our growth in all things church. It has to be a day-by-day devotion, uh, daily devotion, our daily breads per se. People get upset about those and say, oh, that's so old-fashioned. And I say, well, how much Bible do you read on your own now? And they're like, well, I don't. I'm like, daily bread. <laughs> well, that's not deep enough. You're not even reading the simple things, right? <laughs> Like, pick up a day that they're over there for you to have a daily devotion. Some of you don't have the discipline to open your Bible every single day. That's okay. That's what the daily devotion is for. It's to place you in your word every single day. Think about this. If you don't have enough time in your day to devote time to God, okay? So if you don't have enough time to devote to reading the Bible, to devote to praying, worshiping, um, then you're doing too much in the 24 hours God has given you than what he ever intended. Think about this. A lot of us say this. Well, Rashad, I would read my Bible more, but I'm so busy. I would, I would pray more, but I'm so busy. I would, I would sing and worship and all those things, but I'm just, I'm just too busy with my day. Okay, who gave you those 24 hours? God, what does he demand from you? Devotion. So if you don't have any time to devote to God, then you are doing way too much with those 24 hours than he ever intended you to do. That should hit a lot of us square in the chest, <laughs> right? Because these are the excuses we have. I, I can't read because I have to work, and then I got to get my kids to practice, and then I got to watch my show, and then I got to eat my dinner. And, and so you have no time to spend with God. None. But you, but you claim and you believe he woke you up this morning. That's what you claim. You, you said that he's the author of life and death, that the reason air is in your lungs is because he placed it there. You say all these things on Sunday morning when you're singing, okay, keep that same energy Wednesday when he demands, requires that you spend devoted time to him. Day by day, the first church was devoted, was attached to God. Attached. If, if everything we say is real about God, why would you not want to be attached to him day by day? I think about this. Um, when somebody, does, a, a member today gave, gave me and my wife a gift card so that we could go to the movies and have, and have dinner. And I couldn't do nothing but say thank you, thank you, and over and over, thank you so much. You just don't understand how much this means. It's such a blessing. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, right? I'm just praising them and thanking them, and oh, is there anything I could do to return the favor and all these things? And, and we do that for each other. A lot of us do that, right? You feel a need to respond when somebody blesses you with something you didn't deserve, you didn't earn, and you thank them, and you know, I, thank you. But when God wakes you up... <laughs> When he woke you up this morning, you sit there, you wake up, you say, I, I would pray, I just ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> so the person that gave you the gift card, you will thank them repeatedly and try to find ways to pay it back or whatever, right? But God wakes you up <laughs> to use the gift card. <laughs> and you have nothing to say to him. You have no time for him, no time to attach to him. This is the day-by-day, the, day, the repeated devotion that we're looking at. So we practically do things here at Church on the Rock for you. We don't just preach something and then not try to put things organized in place for you to try to find a way to do this organically. We have the daily breads for you. Pick one up if you're not into reading the Bible yet. Pick one up and let it guide you. It's like a personal guide. 
We have our weekly um, devotions that Lewis and a few others type up weekly. They put time into it. They put effort. They read. They research because maybe that's just not where you're at in your walk right now. And then they send it out on a Wednesday so you could read that. And you could read that every day. We have a podcast. So if you hear a message on Sunday morning, you can listen to it again on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and be daily devoted to this. Um, we're putting the five non-families in place. These are, these are all the things that are part of being daily devoted so that you can be attached. That word continuing there is a word that you would use in marriage. I just married somebody yesterday and asked them, were they going to continue with one another even when times get bad? Are you going to be attached to one another even when you get busy? Are you going to be devoted to each other day by day? Could you imagine in your marriage or your relationship uh, meeting your spouse and spending time with your spouse Sunday morning for an hour and never again until next Sunday? How's that, how's that relationship going to work out? Anybody? How, how's that marriage going to work out? If I, if I see Brittany like, hey, honey, uh, we're going to do our normal hour on Sunday morning. Um, if I'm tired, I might not really be that into it, but, you know, we'll, we'll be there. You know, I'll, I'll be there Sunday morning, and then I'll see you next Sunday. This is the walk for a lot of us to somebody we're supposed to be devoted to, to somebody we're supposed to be focused in. Um, and even quick marriage tip real quick, if, if you're one that says, well, that's kind of what my life is like, then your attachment's not to your wife, it's to your work. <laughs> it's not to your husband, it's to your hustle, you know? If, if, if you don't spend that time with the wife and with the husband because you're so busy during the week that you were like, well, I kind of only see him, you know, that's not, that doesn't mean it's correct. <laughs> that's bad. And, and there's probably some things that are underlying with the marriage as a result. It's no different than our marriage or our attachment with God. It's no different than our marriage or attachment with each other. I'll tell you why you may come to Church on the Rock and enjoy this uh, Sunday morning thing, but uh, you don't really feel any connection past Sunday morning. You have no attachment. You have no attachment. So many churches teach against cliques uh, because they're scared of divisions and things like that. I actually am for them. I'm actually for them. You need something after Sunday, and you're not going to get people to gather at the masses, you know, 300 people every single day of the week. So who are you attached to after today? After Sunday morning, inside this church, who are you attached to? Just, just ask yourself. And a lot of us will find really quick, this is the reason people walk out of a church. They leave. They say, I didn't feel attached to nobody. This is why I don't knock big churches. People always want to scream against megachurches. Why? The first church was a megachurch. 3,000 people were added in one day. 3,000 is a megachurch, right? And they still had fellowship. Why? Day by day, they were devoted to God and to each other. Something happened outside of just the Sunday gathering for them, and this is how that megachurch became churches within a church. If you leave a megachurch because you feel like you're not attached, you'll leave Church on the Rock for the same reason. We've had people when we were just 50 people who said, I don't feel attached, and they walked out. And when we're like, we don't know what else to do. We've provided all these avenues for you to be a part of the church and not just come to church. And they never got involved, so they left. We're not asking you to serve just because we need you to serve. It attaches you to people. You know, we're not asking you to find our families to make us look good. It attaches. Everything we do, we're putting in place for attachment. We want you to attach to God first, and as a result of attaching to God, you attach to each other. This is the day-by-day -day devotion. But we, we allow so many things to put barriers in between us and God and us and each other. We'll blame it on whatever. We'll, we blame it on everything. I, I would, but I don't have any time throughout the week. Okay, well, then in the umpteen hours God gives you throughout the week, you have no time for fellowship? None. Well, my kids' schedules, and what in your kids are God? I'm not against sports. I, I raised Genesis, teach, you know, coaching AAU basketball and all that, but I found time for my brothers and sisters. I made time for my brothers and sisters. 
I made time for God. If, you're, if your kids' schedules are keeping you from fellowshipping with, with your church family or people in general, then there's your God. Your kid's schedule is your God or your, your, your idea of the potential superstar they could be. That's your God. But we've even here at Church on the Rock, we've kind of helped you with that. We said, okay, maybe you got lots of kids, lots of schedules, lots of sports. So attach yourself to the people who are there and be on mission at the, at the softball field, right? We literally told Jason, Pastor Jason, we said, hey, rather than be here during softball season, be there. <laughs> be there and attach yourself to those people. Share the gospel there. Create that environment there so that you're still on mission for God if you can't be in here. It's not about being inside the building. It's not about being inside the house, but it's about being on mission at all times. It's about daily devotion, okay? So we want you to keep that same focus. Keep that same focus of being devoted to God, being devoted to completing the mission, always thinking that I, I was told to go make disciples. I say this all the time. Who in your life are you discipling actively right now? A lot of people can't say a name, but they call themselves Christians. Well, the Bible says this, disciples make disciples. And remember, the word disciple is not just teaching somebody to learn, it's teaching somebody to live. It's somebody, it's somebody who is completely sold out for the doctrine of Christ and the duty of Christ. I, I'm not just, I don't want to just teach you how to read your Bible, I want to teach you how to live your Bible, among others. So who are you day by day continuing with? Who are you actually pouring into outside of your child? Or your spouse, because that's, that's the cop-out, right? Well, my wife, my, my daughter, you know? And it's like, okay, who else? <laughs> like, who outside of your comfort zone? Who that's lost? Or who, who else? Well, I don't have time. There we go. Why don't you have time? You might as well respond like this, because my God is my workplace. Because my God is my TV show. My God is my video game. My God, you know, you see what I'm saying? And, and the beautiful thing, the way that God does it that I love about it is all those things are not bad. They're bad when they take priority over God. What I love about Jesus was that when he was discipling people, it was as they were walking, as they were living life, as they were going. So when he tells you to go make disciples, the Greek is as you're going make disciples. You don't have to change much of your life because we, we don't intend for the, the gospel and the, God and the disciple making to be added on to your schedule. It's supposed to be your schedule. Think about this. You, I'm not saying, hey, on top of all the things you got going on in life, add this. That's not what we're preaching. We're saying in all the things you're doing in life, do this. So wherever you work, make disciples. Wherever you play, make disciples. Wherever you eat, make disciples. This is, this is how you start building rhythms. I go to uh, Best Friends Coffee and Bagels every week. Half the time, they, like they tease me because I can't afford to eat there every week, so I, I get a cup of water every single week about the same time every single week. Why? Because I'm seeing the same people and exposing them to the same gospel truths and loving them in the same way. Same thing with like working out. If you, if you go to the gym, you can take advantage of those two hours. Some of you saw my post. We have a church at Planet Fitness right now. It's called the Prodigal uh, Followers of Planet Fitness because I had to put the alliteration in there, right? <laughs> and, and, and seriously, I can tell you about Bob, about Chad. Um, I can tell you about uh, another brother named Corey who actually I tell him about the Corey that's here. Uh, and, and it's these people that I see every single day from 9 to 11 who now have even got to the point when I don't show up, they're like, where were you, man? And we work out and, you know, we talk about God, we talk about whatever they want to talk about, but I'm, I'm pouring in, I'm pouring out, pouring in as I'm going. I didn't have to add something extra to my schedule. This is already part of my schedule. Day by day in the continuing, right? So keep that same focus. Not only is it important for your relationship with each other, your relationship with the community, but your relationship with God. O on our couch, 
we have a chase right here uh, that's tied into the rest of the couch. It's like kind of a U-shape. And Brittany, uh, because of her back and everything, she sits on the chase. It's the sturdiest part of the couch. So she sits on the chase every single day, every time we're in the living room. I sit next to her sometimes, and, you know, we'll be watching TV, laughing, cuddling, all that good stuff. And sometimes, uh, because of the way the cord works for my laptop, when I'm studying, I sit on this part that's kind of this way. And I'll look over to her and say, honey, I don't feel as close as we used to, you know. I'll be like, man, I just don't feel like we're as close as we were yesterday. And one thing she said is, is hilarious. She goes, I didn't move, right? And I feel like God says the same thing, right? We'll, 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 we'll wake up one day and be like, I just feel like God's not close to me or I feel distant from God. And, and, it, and God's sitting over here like, I didn't move. You're the one that stopped reading. You're the one that stopped praising and praying. You're the one that stopped doing the felt. You're the one who went to the other side of the couch for whatever reasons you've allowed to move you to the other side of the couch. I'm planted. I have not moved ever. I've, I've, I'm in the same place 24-7. I have not went anywhere. So for you to feel distant from me has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you. Regardless of what you've allowed to create that distance, it's still a you thing. This is why he says, cast all your cares on me, cast all your worries, your sorrows, your pain, your fears, your doubts. Bring all that to me. Bring now all that back to me and sit next to me again and give it to me and let me explain and let me let me pour into you and let me comfort you. The distance that you feel between you and God is never God. It's always you. He doesn't move. Amen. All right. So keep that same focus, that closeness to God. And it says, day by day, continuing, devoted with one mind. We're going to break that one mind down now. So the next point is, after keeping that same focus, we want to keep that same fire. Keep that same fire. The word here, one mind, is actually homo, so like homo sapien, um, homosexual, same sex, uh, homo legeo, saying the same thing that God says when we talk about confess, Right? Uh, this word is homothumus, meaning same fire, same passion, same desire, synchronized. Not only do we need to keep the same focus, we need to keep the same fire. A part of being in a church is being passionate about the same thing. This is what made them intimate. We were fired up about the same thing. This is why I tell people, if we're not the church for you, let us know what you're passionate for, what you're fired up about when it comes to Christ, because there's a church here. There's a biblical great church in this community that I could probably point you to. Some people are like, Rashad, I feel uh, on a Sunday morning there needs to be such reverence for the gathering that you should have a suit and a tie on, and that's just my convictions. My Pastor Bohr right here, amazing pastor. Pastor Jim Bohr, amazing pastor, a lot more suited and booted up on Sunday morning, a lot more uh, reverent for the Sunday gathering. I will introduce you to him. He loves me. I love him. And he's an amazing teacher. Let's get you over there so that you're with people who have the same fire that you do about the same things. They, they had one mind. I tell people, don't, don't stay here if you're not fired up about what we're fired up about. I'd rather you go where you can be fired up about the same things as, as the people around you. Because if not, you will not be intimate with us. The fellowship will break. It'll die. At some point, you'll walk out and we'll say, well, why are you leaving? Well, you guys never changed this. Well, we were never fired up about, about that. I can't tell you how many times people have come and said, we need a food pantry. And I'm like, there's one right down the street. That's, that's not for us. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's not us. If you want to do the food pantry, you can still be a part of this church and go serve with them. It doesn't have to have Church on the Rock's name on it to do it. We don't do food pantries. Get over it. <laughs> this is just not, that's not us. We barely got room to do half the stuff we do. So, so, what is this? I'll, go back to my verse. <laughs> Brent, yes, thank you. <laughs> so they were, they were daily devoted. They were repeatedly devoted 
to the same desires, the same passions. Now, here's the thing. Every church should be fired up about Christ, about the cross and all that. What ends up happening is this. The differences, people are like, why is there all these different churches? Because we're built differently, right? Pastors have different uh, desires that fire them up more than others, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, even when you watch, like, the teaching in the New Testament, you'll see some of the emphasis in different areas for different, uh, different writers, different authors. When we did, uh, in the Bible study, we did First Peter uh, this past Thursday. Peter, in the time of his writing, was fired up about suffering, Right? But if you read Romans, you're looking at this theological, systematic theological display that Paul, who's fired up about saying a whole bunch of stuff about your overall belief and doctrine and, and how that leads out to you doing things. So that doesn't mean either one of them are wrong. It's just different places of emphasis. Here, we are fired up about things differently than the church down the street. Doesn't make them wrong. Doesn't make us right. It just means this is our desire. This is what the membership class is for. So you can find out what makes the rock roll. I still want to change it to that, right? <laughs> so so, so um, it's funny, though, but because th this is where Romans 12 uh, comes into play. Uh, do you have Romans 12 over there, Brent? I think I put it in there. Yes. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is where this comes into play right here. The way that we get the same fire, the same passion, the same desires, is the renewing of your mind. So this is also a salvation thing. Uh, this is where we separate and say, you, you must be, you know, a believer who's baptized before you can join the church. Not because we want you outcasted from who we are, but we want you to believe the same things we believe. We want you on the same mind and fired up about the same thing. People kill me when they come here and they're like, well, I don't understand why I can't be a member of the church and not believe in Jesus Christ. I'm like, because that's the reason we're gathered. That's the reason we're together. And they're like, yeah, but I mean, I'm spiritual. I just don't believe in Jesus. I, 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 well, then this is not the gathering for you to be a member of. You're, still, you're welcome to walk through those doors and come and spend time with us whenever you want. But you can't be a member yet because you don't have the same devotion, the same fire. Uh, so, I mean, think about this. Last Sunday, we had the, um, the reception, right? Billy Joe and Dave had the reception. And they played a song called The Wobble. Some of you know, some of you don't know. Uh, one of the funniest things happened when they played the song Wobble. Um, me and a couple others, we were wobbling this way and doing a little wobble dance. And Billy Joe and like her little group was wobbling this way and doing the dance. And it was really weird because we were like crisscrossing and cross crissing and, you know, the dancing was all over the place. And I looked at that and was like, it's because we don't have the same mind. <laughs> we don't have the same like focus and direction and they're dancing this way, we're dancing this way, we're doing it one way. Billy Joe and them got their own way of doing it that was all over the place and, and we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're on the same dance floor for the same reception, for the same song, different minds. <laughs> and that's what the church can look like when we're not devoted to the same things. This, this is why we have a vision. You know, the mission's the same. Go make disciples, but there's a way we go about it. And, and I'm, I'm crying this out to you because these are probably the things, this lack of same mind, these are the things you're complaining about in the church most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time, the things as a church that, that we're focused on, that we're fired up about, if you're not, then you're going to complain about the things that you are fired up about. So somebody wants a bigger, a, you know, luxurious building. We got a garage, <laughs> you know, and we're okay with that, you know. Uh, I talked to another pastor the other day, and a good friend of mine, and he said, um, don't be the, before we have porta potties, he told me, don't be the porta potty church. <laughs> and I called him after Easter, and I was like, hey, man, we had our highest attendance, and we're the porta potty church. <laughs> and he started laughing, but he's like, that's my desire. I would never want to be known in my community as the porta potty church. And he's big on image. He's big on image. We're not. <laughs> We're just not. That's not us. But if you are, there's nothing wrong with that because you're big on image for that reason. You're like, look, I want people to know that this is the best building in the area. And da -da. It, there's nothing wrong with that. Solomon's temple was beautiful, right? That's just not our desire that we have to have the greatest and the best of everything. We just, we're, di we're different. So 
We have to have that same fire. And I'm not going to get down to fellowship. I'm going to go ahead and do the filling right now. So go back to my Acts 2.46 because I want to make sure I drive this point home. So it says day by day, okay, keep the same focus, continuing. They were devoted, attached with the same fire, the same passion, the same desires. So devotion and desires in the temple. Now, I want to explain this. When you're teaching any type of scripture, you're teaching what the author's intent was, okay? So the author's intent, Luke is writing to Theophilus. This is the second part of um, Luke's gospel acts. He's writing to Theophilus so that Theophilus can know all that he believes. It's, it's a nice little thing. But right here, when he's talking about day by day continuing with one mind in the temple, he's just saying that they gathered at the temple, okay? So just like we're saying five non-families is important, temple gathering or the congregation gathering is important too. That's what the author intends right there. Now, as a preacher, I do have liberty to dig deeper underneath it to expose and explain things a little bit more to show something that's something that fires my heart up. So as we're talking about focus and fire, I'm going to ask you to keep that same feeling. Keep that same feeling. What feeling? Okay. So let me explain this. At Church on the Rock, we, um, we say building his body, breaking our barriers. Is everybody familiar with that for the most part? Building his body, breaking our barriers. And a lot of people think it's because I like alliterations. It's, it's not. It's actually in the text. So um, the breaking our barriers part is what makes us so unique in this community. Uh, people look at our church and they're like, it's such a wide diversity of people, not just ethnicity, but thoughts and politics and, you know, people who are all over the place. It's a melting pot in the community. We become the community melting pot right here. When it says they met in the temple, I want you to, I want you to understand something. So just kind of follow me with your eyes if you can. Um, if this is Solomon's temple, or the Jerusalem temple, outside, can you still hear me out here? Yeah? Okay. This would have been called Solomon's porch, all right? There would have been a covering right here, and this would have been the place that anybody could come and gather right here. This would have most likely been beautiful gate, or the entrance into the temple, and when you got in, this would have been the Gentile area, or the area for the impure Israelites as well. Who's a Jew in here? Anybody? Anybody? Jewish? No, nobody? All right, so this is probably as far as you can go, period. Even as a believing Jew, this is as far in the temple as you can go, the Gentile court area. There would have been inscription on a fence right here saying no Gentiles pass this part and no impure Israelites pass this part called the, the Soreg or something like that. And then after you pass that area, this would have been the women's court right here, okay? All of this up until probably where you're at, Kayla, this would have been like the women's court. And obviously it's a lot bigger. I'm trying to give it to you on a small scale. This would have been where the women Israelites could come into uh, past the Gentile court. There would have been chambers here for Nazarite vows and things like that, but this would have been the women's court would have been cut off about right here, and then this would have been uh, the hall of the Israelites. So Israelites who are pure, who are not impure, which is a whole nother thing, and not Gentile, so none of us, um, this is where they would be able to come through and to go and take their sacrifices for their family, for themselves, to the priest who would have stopped about right here. This would have been the hall of the priest in that temple, okay? Notice you're still back way over there. You get that, all right? So this would have been the hall of the priest. The priest would take the sacrifice, and they could go to about right here. This would have been the holy, just the regular holy. Just You could come this far. But then there's a place called the holy of holies. Oh, and the light's on still, so it's like, ha, 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 right? Only the high priest could go into the area with God, right here in the Holy of Holies, right here. Can't even see me, right? Like, that's where, that's where God was, all right? When, when they met for the church, look how this shifts everything, okay? The poor, the beggars, the broken, the lost. When they gathered at the temple, this is where they gathered, on the porch, where anybody could be a part of that fellowship. This is what it means when it says, Christ broke the barriers. 
Go to the Ephesians 2 now. Look at this. This is what it means when it says Christ broke the barriers. Just start with the first one there, uh, Brent. It says, therefore, remember that you, formerly you, were Gentiles in the flesh. Every single one of you were Gentiles in the flesh, are Gentiles in the flesh, who were called the uncircumcision. So you're not pure. You can't go past that interest if you do believe, okay? You were called the uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, the ones who could come in here. All right. And, and that's performed by human hands. Keep going. He says, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, who's in the Holy of Holies, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Keep going. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were formerly far off, remember where you were in comparison to God. You who were formerly far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, right? Look at this. For he himself is our peace who made both groups. What groups? The Gentiles, the broken, the lost, the impure, and the holy of holies, and the Israelites. He made both groups into one and broke down the dividing walls. It wasn't just a room like this. There were walls up that you had to actually go through gates to get to each level. There were things that blocked you off from the holy of holies, okay? He broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, the things that separate you, which is the law of commandments, meaning the Old Testament, because it showed you that you could never be holy enough to go in there, contained in the or, or, excuse me, ordinances, so that in himself, he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, keep going, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by it having put to death the enmity. So look at this. This is what happens. This is what happens with that gathering that they had. You weren't allowed in the presence of God, Gentiles. You weren't even allowed in the women's court, Gentiles. And even if you was a Jew and you was impure, you couldn't come past a certain part. You were like a Gentile. When they gathered day to day continuously, they gathered on the porch. Any and everybody could come to the porch. You see this? I don't care how broken you were. I don't care how messed up your life was. I don't care what sin you recently committed. Anybody could gather with them at the porch. Rashad Cunning Porch. You understand what I'm saying now? This is, the, this is our vision here at Church on the Rock. This is the, the mind we're asking you to have. That anybody can gather here. Anybody. We, we're literally removing all barriers of the religious crap so that people can come and just gather in the presence of believers on the porch. Amen. They were continuously devoted with one mind for Christ. They didn't compromise nothing on the porch, but they were accessible to anybody on the porch. You see how far that is from the Holy of Holies? And too many of us are trying to make this the Holy of Holies when God says in his word, this is now the Holy of Holies. The, the beauty of the gospel is that God came out of there and went there. You didn't have to earn your way in and perfect your way in and live this, this Holy of Holies life. No, no, no. When you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, it, it's in you, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are now the temple. First, First Corinthians 3.16. First Corinthians 3.16 says this right here. I think it's over there. I'm pretty sure I'll put it there. Please. Did I do it? Yes. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you now? You are the Holy of Holies when you believe in Jesus Christ. You no longer have to figure out how to get in there where only one person can go and he has to be dressed perfectly and do all the ritual cleaning that he has to do. No, you can come as you are to the porch, to the porch, and he'll meet you right there. 
this is, this is, keep that same feeling. Because it's going to be that feeling right there of realizing that you were never good enough to go into there. So he came out to you there, not even in the temple, and, and demolished the temple by making you the temple. Now we're the temple. You, 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 we are the temple. His presence is, the Holy of Holies is right here. Do you, do you understand that? You, your broken vessel, your, your clay jar, the, the divine, the sovereign, Yahweh is dwelling in you. How, how could you lose that feeling? It's, it's what wakes me up praising his name. Father, I wasn't even allowed in the temple. I was the beggar at the beautiful gate. If you, if you go to Acts 3, when you read about the beggar at the beautiful, he, he was out in the porch. He couldn't even get in the temple. And John, John and Peter, they met him right there at the porch. So not just having the same focus and the same fire, but that same feeling of realizing that you were on the porch and he came to you. You are the temple, so we should do the same for others. This should, this should start producing something inside of you to want to be with your brothers and sisters and not being, award, not being worried about what they think of you. God thought enough of you to get rid of the holy of holies and place it in you. So why are you, so you're not going to gather for these five non-families because you're worried about how people are going to judge you or think about, does that matter anymore? Does it really matter? Like, I don't care what you think about me. I, I was talking to Nick earlier. Y'all think because we preach, we like being up here. No, no, I do not like being in front of a lot of people. I, that's why I, you look at my Facebook, you won't find too many pictures of me. Why? I do not like pictures. I don't like being in front of people. I don't like being seen. But I don't care what you think about me because God thought enough about me to place the holy of holies inside of me. The one who couldn't even come in the temple now has the temple dwelling in him. So, so we're about to sing this song called Broken Vessels, right? Beautiful, beautiful song. It changed everything that I wanted to focus on today. I told Tyler last minute, hey, switch it up, switch it up. When you read the words of this song. Think about that, all right? Because I don't want you walking out of here thinking five nines aren't for me. And I, no, 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 they are. They're for you. And I don't want you thinking that somebody here is going to judge you if you're not a leader. Somebody's going to judge you if you don't know your Bible enough and all that. You know what? When, when God placed the temple in you, he didn't question how much Bible you knew. He didn't question how many times you went to church. He didn't question all these things that we say it takes to get into the Holy of Holies. He said, no, Christ took care of all of that. And when I place my spirit in you, these things will grow. Part of that growth is keeping the same focus, that daily devotion. It'll grow you. Keeping that same fire, that same passion for the vision that we have, and that same feeling. That feeling is what breaks you. The feeling is what humbles you. The feeling was, I don't deserve that to be here. And that should be every single one of us this morning. So as the worship team comes up, I am begging that anyone who's in this room right now that does not know Jesus Christ or that thinks that they have to put themselves together to get to the Holy of Holies, I'm, I'm praying that illustration shows you that the, the first church gathered on the porch outside of this so that somebody like you could have access to the same Christ that we believe in today. We want you to have the same feeling that we have today knowing and being assured, guaranteed because of his, of his word, that we no longer have to get to the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies got to us. Our broken vessels. <laughs> Please stand up and sing with us.
these pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered mended and whole empty handed but not forsaken I've been set free I've been set free think about this as we get ready to close out the words um, I can see you now there was a point when from there you can't see him in there you can see him now you have full access to him now as he laid himself down raising up the broken to life you see this are you picturing this 
amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, who was outside of the temple, no access to you. You created that access through your son, Jesus Christ, laying his life down for me. And as a result, I can see you now. That feeling right there that should give you chills and butterflies and conviction, keep that same feeling. None of us deserved it. And he did it willingly for us to have that feeling, to be pushed out of this church from that feeling. So let's stop trying to only have that feeling in here when it was created out there. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to see you, Father. Thank you for providing access to the holy of holies through your son, Jesus Christ, so that we may possess your spirit in us. I pray right now, Father, if there's anybody who does not have that access, who has not received that access, Father, that they surrender their lives over to your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord, and that we may come alongside them and disciple them and help them to focus with the same fire as us to cherish this feeling that they're having right now. Father, I'm asking that you protect the minds and the hearts of those under the sound of my voice, that they don't lose what they're feeling right now as they think about the words to that song. The amazing grace, how sweet the sound it is to know that your son has died for us, Father. The wretched souls that are in this room so that we can see you. I pray we never take our podcast eyes. is a ministry of Church on the Rock in Brownsburg, Indiana. If you want any more information about our church family, our pastor, or where we meet, please visit our website www.churchontherockbb.com